tax tax, which is always exciting. GST. That's a great idea. More efficient tax. Due diligence now. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Tax Wrap. Uh, my name is Nathan Hewitt, and we're joined by two of the tax specialists here at Taxpayers Australia, Letty Choi and Bill Mavropoulos. How are we doing, guys? Hey, very good. good. That's good. Good to hear. Today, we're going to talk about the Board of Taxation uh, report, which was released last week on the 20th of Jan. And this continues our sort of lightning round approach to the Tax Wrap podcast, which we're going to be continuing over the next couple of episodes, which sort of takes a step back and looks at things in the high level, but also looks to... Uh, educate as well as evaluate. So guys, let's talk about the Board of Taxation report, which as I understand it, um, had a lot to do with tax impediments to the success and growth of small business. Mm-hmm. So Letty, do you want to take us away on that? Sure. So the board was actually asked to focus on options for simplification and deregulation. A lot of our listeners will know very well, either from personal experience or just from just from engaging with others, that small business face a lot of red tape in Australia, definitely, uh, and tax is no small part. In fact, tax tax uh, obligations form a major part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, I would, I would agree with that. So the Board of Taxation was asked to um, look at these issues and, and what is actually hindering small businesses from growing and succeeding. Um, so the Board has made 17 recommendations, some to government for legislative change, and a lot of the recommendations were made to the ATO for administrative or practical mm. change. Mm. What did you make, Letty, of uh, the board's report where, where they stated, you know, the ATO is proactively engaging with them and sort of has already implemented some of the changes and is looking to, in principle, sure. implement a lot of them? Well, suppose, uh, as we all know, no man is an island, and mm. in the case of government departments, no government department is an island either. These things are not mutually exclusive. The ATO has always had a change program. Like yeah, sometimes they do right. get criticised... Uh, for being a bit slow or inefficient, but there's always a change program in place. And to mm. their credit, the ATO always has plans in place to improve their products and services and processes. Mm. And this so is an a lot example of, of that. That's right. And I suppose yeah. a lot of the recommendations that have been included in this Board of Taxation report, they're not going to throw a lot of people off their chairs with surprise. No, no. And so these issues have been hanging around for many, many years. And even in the absence of this report, the ATO may already have been working on some or some aspects or some elements of yeah. these recommendations and and for readers who have the keen interest to look at the report in detail will see that some of the recommendations actually are based on a leapfrog of initiatives that the ATO has already taken yeah okay. so it's a bit of it's, it's a bit of chicken detailed. and egg it's, it's not it's not really just the board of taxation telling the ATO go do this do that it's a bit of a mutual yeah, they've, they've come to an understanding in, sure. in respect of certain recommendations. You know what, the, the funny thing that I noticed when I was looking through the ATO recommendations is that it is actually quite detailed. Absolutely. They've actually gone to um, into the nitty-gritty. Is oh. that not common for um, such a report? Well, well, it's... it's Nathan, uh, generally, uh, the Board of Tax looks at things at a very high, high level. level. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. For example, uh, talking about particular... Uh, decision tools that are on the ATO website, things like that, they either already exist or the ATO is very much uh, in the planning stages. And so therefore, the, what the Board of Tax has done is looked at what the ATO has already decided to do and made recommendations based on those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as an aside, in, in terms of 
how detailed the report is. From memory, I think the report is about 126 pages long. So if anyone has a spare half day, maybe a couple of days. Neighbors very much looking forward to having a good read of uh, on the weekend. I guarantee it will not happen this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of days for the slower readers. That's right. Yeah, sure. That's right. So there's lots of detail to digest. And Bill and I thought that today we'll really just have a high level look at some of the key recommendations mm. that were made to the ATO in terms of the practical or administrative uh, processes that take place within the tax office mm -hmm. and we'll leave the legislative change to yeah, another, to another Yeah, look, yeah. yeah. I, I think we did touch on, on the small business entity turnover sure. in the previous podcast, but yeah, let's, let's without further let's ado, focus. do you want to jump to the first item, Letty? Sure. Well, a lot of our listeners may know that businesses generally need an Australian business number or an ABN. Uh, for, for various purposes. So the rules around wh when you can get an ABN, they're prescriptive in a way, but in another way, there is no hard and fast rule for some of the guidance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There uh, is a lot of judgment So there's a lot of judgment, yeah, look, a, lot of oh, subjective, uh, a lot of subjective elements. So the tax office does actually um, have guidance on when an enterprise, and that's a technical term that is used, when an enterprise is eligible for an ABN. For example, they have miscellaneous taxation ruling MT 2006-1 for those of our listeners wow. who are inclined <laughs> to, to read... It is the, a mouthful. Yes, that's right, to, to read the uh, technical guidance. But they also have general guidance on, on the ATO website. Uh, now, one thing that's contained in the law is that to carry on an enterprise, which will make you eligible for an ABN, that includes activities that have been done to commence an enterprise. That's right. Now, what, what constitutes commencing enterprise is not stipulated in detail, and that's where guidance exists, but it's also a bit lacking. Mm. Now, Bill, mm. would you like to discuss the board oh, yeah, recommendation yeah. on that? Okay, yeah, sure. So I guess the thing is, when I when I look at um, um, both that dot point and and the uh, and I guess the following uh, one in re in relation to the hotline. The thing that comes to my mind is, first of all, enterprise, whilst Letty correctly pointed out, that's a technical term, sure. that is that is what it is, um, that can be a sole trader, partnership, trust, Absolutely. company, um, or, or any of those uh, tax structures. I say tax structure because obviously there's some legal relationships in there, um, as well as legal persons. Sure. Um, so I, look, I guess I, I wanted to preempt everything that I've said by sort of going back to that technical, um, technical talk. Um, in terms of when an enterprise is is intending to start business or an or enterprise to, an enterprise, to commence an enterprise, yeah, with the technical term, um, I, th I think the thing is what what the board is trying to say is look in the legislation. The legislation does anticipate um, uh, entities or tax entities intending to start business, yeah. but the actual guidelines uh, are a bit light on. Yeah, they're a bit fuzzy. Yeah. So we don't know when an enterprise actually is intending to start. Exactly. Like, is it is it that, Bill, you may decide to um, start up a florist, for example? That's right. Does it start when you ring the local nursery and ask That's for a price right. for buckets of roses? Or, or when you call your accountant to set sure. up the structure. Or do you or, have to actually lease a shop? Yes. So to what extent um, do your activities need to demonstrate that intention? Sure. And um, so the board uh, really recommends to the ATO just to give better guidance or more detailed guidance. Mm. In actual fact, we generally think that the miscellaneous tax ruling is not that bad. No, it's, it's actually, actually quite detailed, good. Yeah. Because an issue of this nature is just so broad and so big that it just can't mm. cover everything. 
But in my opinion, I think that that's a positive step. Absolutely. I think that, that can only improve uh, the guidance out there. Absolutely. The other thing that's uh, probably closer to my heart is um, the suggestion that they set up a hotline to expedite the process of obtaining an ABN. Yep. Now, I, I recall in my um, practitioner days uh, getting on the phone to the ATO and trying yep. to cajole them into getting an ABN mm. for my client so that they can start sure. trading. Um, it is a big bugbear. It okay. is something that um, practitioners often um, face uh, when they've got a client that may not have done all the administrative things that they need to to start trading, but is in the middle of a big deal or, or, or wants to get yeah. um, some invoices out there. Or that, perhaps just want some certainty. They, they that's want to right. know, can they start their one business way or before the Christmas other. or after Christmas? That's right. So one way or the other. And I think, um, so I think that that's a, that's a fantastic step in terms of um, determining whether or not an ABN should be should be given or, 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 or the application should be rejected. So yeah. really happy about that. Because even if the answer is no, you'd rather know sooner rather than later. So yeah, you yeah. change your business plan accordingly. Um, so, all right, um, next nep, next cab off the rank, uh, let's, let's look at uh, the personal services income prototype for, for the online decision tool. Sure, and this is where I'm saying uh, the Board of Taxation has looked at what the ATO is intending to do. So it looks like the ATO, uh, look, uh, just to go back a few steps, mm-hmm. personal services income is quite a sticky area of tax. I yeah, think we may have yeah, covered it definitely. in the previous podcast. Yeah, we just last week, yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, Bill, are you happy to give a few lines overview? Very, very, uh, very, very broad overview. Uh, personal services income, um, those that regime is basically a specific anti-avoidance regime, um, which which mandates that uh, income earned from personal exertion uh, should be taxed um, the in individual. the hands yeah. of that individual. So it can't be alienated to a trust yeah. or a company or yeah. what have you. So basically, if you're if if you set up a company and you're actually doing all the work and using your mind and so on and so forth, but you want it to be taxed at the company, mm, tax it's rate, probably inappropriate. Yeah. Then that's where the PSI rules could potentially come yeah, in that's to right. attribute the income to you. To that's right, and obviously it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. But I think an online tool for people to get get a rough and ready idea of whether or not they'll they, fall into those rules or not. I think that's um, beneficial. Because once again, the personal services income rules, even though they are very complex, a lot of it is still up to subjective judgments. Yes, and that's where this online tool uh, may give a lot of guidance. Yeah, and so so look, I think. Uh, all of the recommendations that 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 have been released and and um, the ATO is sort of in principle agreeing to are positive steps I would say uh, as a whole um, and I think what I'd like to do is definitely in, in subsequent podcasts deal with them in, in a bit more detail absolutely, absolutely. and you, uh, our listeners also need to be aware that in the March issue of our monthly taxpayer magazine there will be an a more technical article yes. about this board of taxation reports in a bit more detail that will talk yep. a bit more about some of these recommendations yep it's definitely well well worth uh looking into just to get um get a little bit deeper into this issue because it's something that's well worth exploring and i do agree bill it seems like it's a, a very reactive positive yeah. thing and it's nice to see it unfolding so in future podcasts I uh, look forward to that being explored in, in greater detail. Maybe next week we'll go into the FBT or maybe the super yeah, implications. Yeah. That's always something that we can do. Sure. Um, that pretty much wraps things up for the podcast for this week. This has been episode 11. Uh, you've been joined by Letty Choi, Bill Mavropoulos and Nathan Hewitt. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.